Well, hello, everyone. This is Dr. Isabel Amig, your friendly rheumatologist and host of the On a Bridge MD podcast. Today, we have such a treat because we have Dr. Minako Abe, who is a physician and also uh, the owner of the Tokyo uh, San, uh, Cancer Center in Japan, who's coming back onto the podcast. And I cannot wait for this discussion to start. So actually, I'm going to just write start it right away. So first of all, Dr. Abby, thank you so, so much for being back. Uh, I know it, like it's always difficult with our time because we are, what, the opposite, right? <laughs> I'm so, so happy to be here and to talk with you. I love talking to you. And, um, you know, from your perspective as both a rheumatologist and also as a patient yourself, I think um, I just love, you know, our conversations. And I think yeah. we, we believe in a lot of the same things in the approach to patients. Yes, absolutely. And so as we were talking behind the scene, um, I I thought, okay, we need to discuss this together. So, right, I'm a rheumatologist. I take care of patients who have too much immunity and we have to decrease that to restore the balance. And you work in oncology where more and more we realized that we have to stimulate our immune system to recognize the cancer cells so that they get rid of it, right? So your drugs does the opposite of what my drugs are doing. Mm -hmm. Not exactly the opposite. That's actually what's so interesting, but it's kind of like you have the PDL1 inhibitor. We have the opposite of that. We have anti-PDL1 with uh, abatacept. Um, so I want to jump right in. Uh, and there will be a time for everyone to hear more about what you do, where they can find you. But I want to jump right in into this discussion because I think it's so fascinating. What, what is exciting you right now about the immune system when it relates to cancer? Yeah, thank you. That's such a great, great question. Um, and I like thinking of us uh, sort of at you know opposite ends of a, of a seesaw. Right. And for our bodies to be balanced and to be healthy, I think the seesaw needs to be balanced. Right? You can't have overpowering of too much stimulation of the immune system and you can't have too little stimulation. And I think the problem with cancer is that our immune system is so suppressed that our immune cells are not recognizing and not targeting the cancers. So even when we talk about prevention, right, what makes one person get a cancer and another person not get a cancer. You can be identical twins and have the exact same genome, right? Even though we think that uh, cancer is a genetic disease. And yes, there are prevalences where certain genetic types tend to get more, more cancer. But I think the fundamental difference is, is how our body reacts to that cancer, right? If it overreacts and our immune system is overstimulated, we can get some sort of immune uh, autoimmune condition or rheumatologic conditions, when it's not reacting enough, then it's not capturing when our cells become cancerous. And while it's still small, our immune system should be able to target and attack and get rid of it. So I think there has to be this very delicate, but very important balance. And that balance can be maintained not just with medications, um, but also just our lifestyles and how we treat our bodies. 
Okay, it's, it's, it's so interesting to me that it's literally the same thing that I tell my patients or that I tell myself, really. Um, and they, they all come down to we are, like, if you, it's almost spiritual, right, at this point. It's like, we are so well made. And, and, and when there is a condition that comes in for me, it's always like, well, that's actually the proof that we are so well made. And right. So like everything needs to be in place to work so well. And it's so incredibly like how, how are we made? Right. Like, like it's so incredible. Right. And to see this balance uh, of the immune system at times going, you know, overboard or less and, and so on. Uh, what's really interesting is that it is really a balance since in rheumatology, we know that patients who have ongoing inflammation, such as rheumatoid arthritis or Sjogren, and that that inflammation is not kept at bay, we know that those patients have more risk to develop cancer. Yes. Um, so that's really an interesting point. Now, we were talking earlier uh, and I really want to share, I was like, hold that thought you need to share this with the auditors. We were talking about the pro, like the, the microbiome and in general, uh, you know, the, the well, the, the microbiome actually really, and uh, its effect and what you have seen when it comes to uh, like the studies on, on, uh, on immunotherapy for cancer. Um, right. I'm just going to say like, just, just because we literally talked with Dr. Asamose, Asamoe, pardon, uh, uh, literally last week, and we were talking about this, about the microbiome and how important it is for the GI tract and how important it is for the symptoms. So talk to us about this so that really there's this continuity for people who are listening to the podcast. So, you know, they 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 become smarter and so do I become smarter. <laughs> So, yeah, I think it's such a fascinating field um, and something that we're learning about more and more every day. And you think, you know, what does the gut and the bacteria that live in our gut have to do with the rest of our body and the rest of our immune system? But if you think about it, it's really the interface between the outside world and the inside world. So where does most of our immune system live? Well, you know, we have some like right under our skin, if you think about it. So if you cut yourself, then the immune cells can automatically rush there to repair and prevent any infections. Same thing with, you know, what is the outside world versus the inside world? And if you think about it, our gut from our mouth all the way down through to our anus, it's really a continuation of the outside world. So anything that comes into contact through that, through what we eat and drink, um, our body, our immune system has to protect ourselves from the outside world to the inside world and be very selective about what it lets in, what it lets, what it doesn't let in into our bodies. So our whole gut lining is lined with, you know, billions of these microbiomes, these um, gut bacteria. And the balance of that gut bacteria really determines how our immune system, how healthy our immune system is and how well it functions. So it's really in what we eat and the balance of the gut bacteria in our gut. It's almost like planting a garden right? And in our garden, you don't want just weeds. You want the nice flowers, you want some grass, you want, you know, a good mix of different bacteria. And when that balance is not good, because of the way we eat, like if you're eating nothing but processed food and junk food, our gut microbiome is not going to be healthy, right? You're going to have an overgrowth of unhealthy bacteria and an undergrowth of, you know, 
of good healthy bacteria. And what they found is if your gut bacteria is not healthy, right, you have this low grade inflammation um, and then our immune system doesn't react appropriately. So everything, you know, in this life is a balance, of course. And so if, you know, you don't, you want, you want to have a healthy immune system that can react when it needs to, um, but you don't want it to be unhealthy and overreact. So when you have this unhealthy balance, your, um, your immune system is not, not healthy because if you have chronic inflammation, right, your immune systems are so busy, um, you know, attending to this chronic low-grade infl inflammatory state that it can't do the job that was meant to do. So we know this from multiple studies, and I'm sure your, you know, patients, your rheumatologic patients probably must see a huge difference in if they change the way they eat, like in the way their, their whole body is inflamed or not inflamed. So, you know, and the same thing with cancer, you want our immune system to be working optimally. So it's found that if you have a good balance and particularly certain gut bacteria called Acromantia municifilia, right? And this is a bacteria that flourishes if you're eating lots of good fibers, good, you know, berries, blueberries, strawberries, raspberries, those dark purple, um, high polyphenol foods, along with the fiber, um, that helps your acromancia to flourish. And if you have a good balance of your acromancia, some of the chemotherapy drugs that patients are taking, some of the checkpoint inhibitor drugs that are very, very effective in cancer. You know, they're a very new class of, uh, of uh, cancer drugs. Um, if you encourage um, a good gut microbiome and you have healthy levels of acromancia, then these drugs actually work. But if you don't have a good healthy bacteria, right, then the drug, they found that the drug doesn't work. So what we've started to consider, you know, in a lot of practices is actually to check your gut bacteria, bacteria before you even start taking these drugs, because you know they're not going to work otherwise. So that's just one example about how, you know, we are all connected, including our gut bacteria. I need to repeat this because this is so good. Literally, you are seeing in, in patients with cancer that they will not respond as well, or potentially not at all, to immunotherapy if their microbiome does not carry a healthy amount of uh, healthy, I mean, I want to say healthy. Uh, um, good bacteria. <laughs> yeah, bacteria. And this is really fascinating to me uh, because it, it comes back to, uh, a, a study that I had read, and I think I shared it with you, about rats mm -hmm. being deprived of the ability to exercise versus the ability to exercise. And so they had given them melanoma and mm -hmm. then they looked if they were like if the response to immunotherapy would work. And there was one group where they were not allowed to, they were not not allowed, they were not yeah, allowed to exercise, never was pushed to exercise. And they saw that uh, those rats, I mean, again, it's rats, but still, those rats that were able to exercise mm -hmm. responded better to immunotherapy. I mean, it's so interesting that the immune system 
is kind of this whole system. Like I, I, we, when we say a system, it's like this whole system that works better if needs to like or or works at all if we are healthy. Yes, I know. Right? Incredible. Yeah. Like, and I think that you yourself followed it, right? Since I know your story, ah. your whole your your whole story, which is incredible. Yes. Um, and I think just with your own intuition, you knew that you had to change your diet and eat more healthy, right? Yes. To prioritize exercise and to sleep yes. more, and all of these things help to you know activate our immune system so that it can do the job it was meant to do. Yeah. So just like you say, with exercise, that's like there are many many mechanisms that exercise helps your immune system respond appropriately and um, you know it improves your your circulation it improves you know your immune cells getting to the actual cancer where it needs to go um, and it decreases um, side effects of chemotherapy and radiation therapy um, and not only that exercise itself right even though it you do have a little bit of inflammation as you exercise initially but then at baseline, when you come back from exercising, your immune system, it, your your inflammation goes down. Yeah. So you know that your immune system works best if you do get regular exercise. And they've shown that, especially with breast cancer survivors, your recurrent rate, your recurrence rate just by exercising goes down by 50 to 60%, you know, which is huge. That's like better than any drug that's out there. Yeah. And that's, that's really what fascinating like that's why i love talking with you dr abby because it's really this it's really like okay so yes we may be at risk for rheumatologic disorder we may be at risk for cancer maybe that's what we have currently and we're dealing with this and yet there's this empowerment of what is it that as a patient i can do to improve my health and i know you know I, i'm I was thinking about this and I was like, you know, I'm I'm almost hiding now, like not talking about holistic and all of this approach because I feel like everyone is using that word. Mm-hmm. And so then everyone is talking about meditation. Everyone is talking about exercise. Everyone, And then you're like, well, yes, we are. But it's because it's so important. It really is. Uh, and so I wonder, you know, if you can talk to us a little bit more about what you do with patients who have cancer in your clinic, because you definitely talk about this. Mm-hmm. Um, t- talk to us a little bit more about right. all of that. This, yeah, this whole, so, so holistic, and I know the word is used all of the time. But. It's, it's really an overused concept, I think, but it is super powerful, right? And it, it, I think it's, it seems overused because all of these things are very intuitive. It's something like our grandmother or great grandmother would tell us, you know, eat well, sleep well, you know, exercise, move your body, relax, don't be so stressed out, right? And it seems so intuitive, but I think we're so out of touch with our own lives and our own bodies. We're just so busy that, you know, we don't really know what is going on with ourselves. Um, And so when you look up and you find that you have a diagnosis, whether it's rheumatological disorder or if it's cancer, Sometimes you have to take a step back just to acknowledge and realize where you are, right? Sometimes, you know, you don't realize that you've, you know, over exercise until you have an injury, you know, and just the same way. It's like our body's talking to us saying, hey, look, stop, you know, uh, you need to, you're out of balance and you do need to bring that balance back into your life. So 
I think what I do for a lot of um, our patients is when they come to me and talk to me, they don't even realize like maybe what it is that they're eating or they're over drinking or they're, you know, overstressed um, or they're not sleeping. They're not, they don't even realize it. Um, so the first step is really to realize, you know, where you are in your life to reevaluate these, you know, four key parts of your life, which I, you know, simplify, uh, maybe oversimplified, but, you know, food, what we eat, how we sleep, how much we're exercising and how we're relaxing, because each four of these components, even though it seems very simple, is, you know, recognizing, okay, where can I make the biggest improvement with the least amount of effort, right? And, you know, if people try to sort of in the beginning of the year, everybody makes all of these uh, New Year's resolutions that, you know, I'm going to go to the gym three times a week and I'm going to eat all healthy and clean and, you know, but you can't do all these things at once. So taking them step at a time, like, okay, look at your life where you are now, look at the way you've, you know, balanced your life in all of your different lifestyles. Where can we make the biggest impact with the least amount of effort? You know, whether it's, okay, I know I can, you know, get better sleep because, you know, I'm just scrolling on my phone for an hour and getting all upset about the world news before going to sleep. And of course you can't sleep very well, right? And we know that sleep is really phenomenally important, especially because that's when your immune system gets activated. So we have an immune cell called the natural killer cell, which can naturally seek out and destroy either infected cells or cancerous cells. And just, they did an experiment with um, patients with who normally get seven hours of sleep and just one day of like sleeping less than four or five hours, their immune cell activation went down like 72%. Hmm. I mean, a crazy amount, right? And so if you think about somebody who's chronically underslept, like their immune system is not working optimally. So just by changing this one habit of scrolling your phone for an hour to say, okay, one hour before bedtime, you know, go charge it in a different room and don't look at it until like an hour after you wake up in the morning. Just doing that one simple thing, you know, improves the quality of your sleep, improves the way that you can sleep. So everybody is individual and everybody has a different type of life. So it's easy to throw out, um, you know, all these recommendations, but it's really depends on the person and like where you can help that person improve the quality of their life, improve their quality of their their functioning immune system, um, you know. So I take, you know, one person, one client, you know, differently, you know, because everybody's needs are different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so, so cool. Um, yeah, there's so much I want to talk to you about. Like, <laughs> it, it's just, yeah, there, there is so much. I think that, you know, when, when you come in into the world of being a physician, we are talking a lot about, you have to learn the science first, right? So, we, we all learn about the science and, and it is so much that you get drawn into anatomy, physiology, like, and then, mm-hmm. the, and then if you do a specialty, the specialty, you know, uh, learning. And, and then to be at a level where we can actually look at all of this. And I think that being physicians, we can, what you're mentioning about, like, look at the natural killer cells, look at uh, the response of a drug to you know, depending on the immune system and 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 the support of that immune system, I think that that's so fascinating to me. Um, I, you know, I, as you know, 
uh, I love to finish uh, the episodes with a note of hope. And I, I know you have many of those. <laughs> Would you share a story of hope? Yes. So, so um, I think last time I shared um, one of our clients and patients that did fantastic, you know, just by doing little step-by-step -step improvements of their lifestyle, you know, but I think the whole process really is, you know, centered around our immune system and what our immune system can do for us in terms of preventing recurrence of cancer or healing from cancer. So I think the biggest hope, I think, is that, you know, every day there are new drugs being approved on the market and there are new treatments, you know, especially cellular treatments. And I think these are the treatments, you know, of the future, you know, less, you know, of the nonspecific uh, poisons that are chemotherapy, which are very, very important and useful in treating um, cancer. But I think more and more we're getting more specific. So specific targeted therapies um, using cells. Um, I just read an article about um, the FDA approved a tumor infiltrative um, T cell therapy. So it's taking your immune cells from the actual cancer and growing them out to, you know, infuse them back into you to target your own cancer. So this is the type of work that I do at the Tokyo Cancer Clinic. We actually take our own immune cells, you know, from a blood draw. We isolate out the natural killer cells and we grow them out in our lab to the billions. And then we retransfuse it into our body so that those, our own cells are actually doing the work they were meant to do to go search out and to kill the cancer that's within our bodies. We also have another treatment that is um, a dendritic cell vaccine. So it's another very specialized immune cell that we turn into a vaccine that we isolate out from our blood. Um, and then we teach it the targets of our or of our cancers. So like if you have a HER2 positive breast cancer or if you have a PSA, you know, elevated prostate cancer, you can actually use those as targets and create a live cellular vaccine that we inject back into our bodies. So that stimulates the rest of our immune system to go and target and fight against the cancer. So that is our treatment at the Tokyo Cancer Center Clinic. And um, we use all of these lifestyle modalities in order to support our immune system so that we have like the best chance of um, treating the cancer and treating the whole patient. So, you know, and of course we do that in conjunction with the chemotherapy and the radiation and the surgeries. Those are all very important. So, you know, my hope is that we can all sort of work together to use the best treatments for every patient that we have. Yeah. And so to, for our listeners, where can we find you? Tokyo Center? Okay. So our website is tokyocancerclinic.jp because we're in Japan. Um, or people can contact me directly. Um, my email address is abe, A-B-E, at tokyocancerclinic.jp, one long word. Or you can find me, I also, um, through my cancer coaching, um, I have a website. It's Dr. Minako, D-R-M-I-N-A-K-O dot com. So, yes, please reach out. I'm happy to talk to anybody. Um, you know, I'm very passionate, as you can tell, about this topic and helping us. And really, we all have the power and the agency to do so much more just for ourselves. And I would just share that uh, one of my friends seeked you out as a coach. Mm -hmm. And there was a night and a day before 
before the SRU and after the SRU. So highly, highly recommend Dr. Abbey. All right. Well, thank you so, so much for coming on this show. I feel like I could talk with you for hours. Um, maybe one day we'll do an extended, you know, one hour, two hours conversation. I would love that. Um, and uh, for the rest of you, thank you so much for tuning in. Um, it's such a pleasure and an honor. I'm Dr. Isabelle Amig, um, the owner and founder of Onabridge MD, which is the first direct care and concierge care rheumatology um, in Denver and in Colorado overall. And if you are looking for a rheumatologist, I'm still currently taking new patients and I would love to take care of you. Mm -hmm.